The first section of Psalms has been called the Genesis Psalms. They help us to realize that every good thing begins with God. The Psalms provide a roadmap for the journey ahead. In them, we learn to bring every emotion and experience of life into the presence of God. Join Scott Pauley now as we study God's Word together. We've come to the final psalm in the first section of the psalms. It's Psalm 41, another of the psalms of David. And though we do not know all of the background of the psalm, we know that David is using this psalm as a testimony, a testimony of God's faithfulness in his own life. You see, everybody's got problems. Everybody you meet is dealing with something. Everybody's having a hard time. And David, the king of Israel, had no shortage of trouble. I'm thinking now of Job's words that man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. You're not going to escape trouble in this world. We all have trouble. We live in troubled times. But listen to the opening words of Psalm 41. David says, Blessed is he that considereth the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. Listen to that phrase, in time of trouble. Of trouble. Now we live in troubled times, but there are certain times in life where men have specific trouble, uh, where families go through seasons of trouble. And maybe you find yourself in such a season now. Could I point out to you that the first word of the psalm is the word blessed? I love the fact that the psalms began with blessing, and here we are at the final psalm in book one of the psalms, Psalm 41. And how does it begin? It begins with blessing. Uh, oh, from beginning to end, our God is the God of blessing. And His blessing is greater than your burden. His blessing is greater than your brokenness. His blessing is greater than whatever you're dealing with today. You can have the blessing of God in time of trouble. Now notice, please, that this is a certain promise, but it is also a conditional promise. God specifically gives this promise to those who consider the poor. Now, we love to look at that word immediately and say, well, see, we're to take care of those who uh, go without materially. And while that is true, there's no doubt about that. Actually, uh, the word here for poor is a word that was used for weak ones. So it may be somebody that is not necessarily materially uh, poor, but they may be struggling physically, or they may be struggling in their family, or they may be in their own trouble. Do you see the picture? God is saying that if you will consider others in their time of trouble, that God will deliver you in your time of trouble. It sounds a lot like the law of sowing and reaping to me. In other words, as we minister to the needs of other people, God continues to minister to us. How does He do that? Well, in the rest of the psalm, David explains what that deliverance looks like, and it is rich and wonderful. Let's walk through it. Verse number 2, "...the Lord will preserve him and keep him alive." And he shall be blessed upon the earth. And thou wilt not deliver him under the will of his enemies. So God says, I'm going to preserve you. I'm going to give you life. I'm going to give you blessing. And I'm not going to let the enemies overtake you. Would you like that? Well, if you want to live in the promise of verse number 2, you've got to apply the principle of verse number 1. In other words, minister to other people. As you find others in their time of trouble and share the goodness and grace of God with them, as you encourage others... 
you will find strength for your own soul and situation. He says in verse 3, The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing. Thou wilt make all his bed in his sickness. I love this. Uh, this is a picture of someone who is on their sick bed, perhaps even on what they might think to be their deathbed. But God comes to them. The Lord makes their bed for them. He strengthens them upon the bed. I tell you, nobody has a bedside manner like the Lord does. You see, I thank God for good doctors and nurses and medical personnel, but aren't you glad that our Lord is the great physician? He comes where no one else can come to. He does what no one else can do. He loves like no one else can love. Oh, what a wonderful Savior we have. And in verse number 4, David changes the perspective. In verse 3, he says, The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing. That will make all his bed in his sickness. But when you come to verse 4, it says, I said, Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. What's he doing? He's saying to hurting people, I've been there. Not only have I been there, I called on God there. Not only did I call on God there, God met me there. You see, we comfort them who are in any trouble with the same comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. You're going to be able to encourage others out of the overflow of what God has done in your own life. And so David testifies, and he says, The Lord has shown mercy to me. The greatest healing, of course, is the healing of the soul. Notice, we immediately think of the, the sickness of the body and the strength for the body. Uh, but David specifically says, Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. A man's greatest need is always his spiritual need. He goes on to describe what God does. In verse 5, Mine enemies speak evil of me. When shall he die and his name perish? And if he come to see me, he speaketh vanity. His heart gathereth iniquity to itself. When he goeth abroad, he telleth it. All that hate me whisper together against me. Against me do they devise my hurt. An evil disease, say they, cleaveth fast unto him. And now that he lieth, he shall rise up no more. Yea, mine own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. I don't know about you, but those verses are pretty discouraging. The enemies are speaking against him. People come to visit him in his sick room, and they stand over in the corner and whisper about him, all that, all that he deserves. He's just getting what he deserves. And then his own friend, the person that he trusted in, the person he had meals with, turns against him. Now, this sounds like the whole world has turned against David. But I'll remind you that if the whole world turns against you and God is for you, you're going to be all right. Because he says in verse 10, But thou, O Lord... Don't you love it when God butts into the circumstance, when God butts into the conversation? But thou, O Lord, be merciful unto me and raise me up that I may requite them. By this I know that thou favorest me because mine enemy doth not triumph over me. And as for me, thou upholdest me in mine integrity and settest me before thy face forever. He said, everybody may speak against me, but the Lord is for me. The Lord's going to raise me up. The Lord's going to hold me up. Uh, the Lord's going to keep me before His face. I tell you, no matter if every person leaves you and deserts you and forsakes you, if you can have the presence of God, you have everything that you need in time of trouble. And then here's the final verse, not only of Psalm 41, but the last verse in the first book of the Psalms. Psalm 41.13 says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting and to everlasting. Amen and amen. I hope you can say amen and amen to that today. 
Do you see how the psalm begins with God blessing us, but it ends with us blessing God? What a beautiful reminder. That's what all the psalms are. The psalms are a great blessing to us, but in turn we should turn around and bless the Lord for His faithfulness and goodness to us. It was World War II. Uh, Things were not going well, in fact. Uh, The Allies were making very slow advance uh, through Italy and supplies were being rationed and folks were having a hard time. And a pastor's wife in Pennsylvania by the name of Ruth K. Jones sat down in 1943. She started writing some little thoughts on a little pad that she kept in her apron pocket. Uh, Those thoughts would become this powerful hymn. In times like these, we need a Savior. In times like these, we need an anchor. Be very sure, be very sure your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. In times like these, we need the Bible. In times like these, oh, be not idle. Be very sure. Be very sure your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. I wonder in these troubled times, are you anchored in Jesus? Are you anchored in the Word of God that lives and abides forever? It, He, are the only things that will help you in time of trouble. Thank you for studying the Psalms with us. It is our sincere hope that you will spend time in God's Word today, finding divine direction and real encouragement for the road ahead. Visit scottpauley.org to download your free copy of a ready reference of the Psalms, along with other helpful resources for your Christian life. We would love to hear from you, and we look forward to having you with us again on the next Enjoying the Journey. Thank you.